everyone. Welcome to The Funnel, an e-commerce podcast. Each episode, we interview e-commerce experts to discuss the latest trends and insights that matter the most to brands and retail professionals. I'm your co-host, Shannon Keneally, content writer at Blue Acorn. And I'm Casey Long, lead client success manager at Blue Acorn. Today, we have with us Ben Kadori, the head of U.S. partnerships at Yapo, to discuss today's topic, how to leverage user-generated content. So Ben, just starting off, can you briefly describe user-generated content and why brands and retailers should leverage UGC for their e-commerce site? Sure. First of all, thanks for, thanks for having me yeah. on. Yeah, thanks um, for having us. Yeah. So I think this is, this is really a natural kind of um, progression of the way that we operate online and the way that we sell online. Um, you know, up till now, we've had that kind of impersonal feel. As we get a feel for the e-commerce world, we start to... Um, to test the waters and try new new things. And I think the days of pure brand content and branding that comes from stores and marketing teams themselves is, is kind of a, a dead concept. People want to see authentic, genuine content. They want to see social proof coming in all different shapes and forms, whether it's reviews, whether it's uh, comments, Q&As, uh, or images of people using products to, to really give them a taste of what it could look like in their own home or, or being used by them. Got it. So it's not like just a one way, like the branding shop generates um, content, pumps it out and we consume it. So the idea is to generate like, uh, like knit together your customers, have them share, talk to other customers, that kind of thing. Exactly. I mean, the, the top brands that we as a company, Yopo as a company works with, um, you know, brands like Movement Watches, Everlast, the key, you know, big, big brands, well, they all do very well. They're not particularly selling anything too unique or too special but but they're able to create this buzz around the brand create a community feel around their products and really create brand ambassadors out of their customers and that's where i think user-generated content and companies like ours can come in to really help them do this and connect with that that customer base do you think user-generated content was that a movement really started by the consumer or do you think in some way it was the brands or retailers that kind of pushed for it it's a great question I think it, it, it probably came from demand, first and foremost. People just being sick and tired of kind of having the wool pulled over their eyes by, mm-hmm. by um, brands kind of showing them what they want them to see. People kind of thirsty for knowledge to, to see and, and hear genuine experiences from others to sort of conceptualize what, what they could be getting and the experience they can have. Do you ever run into brands that um, maybe they're a little bit resistant to the idea of sort of letting the cat out of the bag and saying like, have our customers tell us what they think. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, because oh, yeah. I imagine there probably is a bit of. I hope we're not airing our dirty laundry in this uh, kind of thing. One hundred percent, and I think that's why having a, a good, solid strategy in place is is key when dealing with user journey content. It's kind of like an unknown territory for a lot of brands. It can be scary, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, often, I'm asked, Ben, what do we do if we get terrible reviews? Right. Um, <laughs> My answer to that is always publish some of the terrible reviews. Right. Hopefully they're not too right. terrible. Um, learn. Do from... you ever tell them make better products? <laughs> <laughs> so you see, I don't think this is. I don't think this is what it hinges on. I don't yeah. think the, the quality of the products really matters as much as it used to. Yeah. I think it's all about branding. It's all about marketing. How you package yourself. Yeah. And how you actually connect with your customer base. So if, if for example, you have a bad review, right? Mm-hmm. A customer has a bad experience. Instead of hiding that away or, or, or suppressing those sentiments, what you can actually do is embrace it mm-hmm. publicly or privately 
address the problem, right? Mm-hmm. And turn a negative experience into an experience that could potentially be even more positive than if you had, if the end customer had a, a usual good experience. Yeah, right? sure. Um, you know, you can, with our platform, you can comment directly on the reviews or on the, the Q&A section. Um, and so you can offer a free gift for next time or a voucher or coupon or replacing replacing the product, really showing the customer that you care. And that's where user-generated content can actually trigger the brand's behavior to fit their community a little right. better. So yeah. it's really a channel for the brands to let them engage with the customers, whether it's a good or bad experience, but they're still showing, hey, this is how we care and how we're taking care of you. And, exactly. and everyone can see that. Exactly. And I think that's, that's where the, the kind of opportunities that come with user-generated content are in my eyes still not fully explored. If we look at some of the some of the changes and the tweaks that we made to our product, so looking only at the Q and A section, right? We have on the product pages a tab where customers can ask questions. Um, we saw that usually when customers want to do this, they have to go away from the point of sale and away from the product page. So we want to have that um, consolidated in one place. Um, so at first we opened that up only to the brands, right? Someone could ask a question and the brand could answer, which is nice. It's great for them to engage with their with their customer base but it's not hitting that UGC side of things. So what we then did is we opened this up to the past five five-star reviewers for that specific product. Then what we're having is two customers, real people interacting, oh, wow. discussing the product. Okay. You're kind of taking the workload off the brand because they don't have to answer all of the questions that are coming in. Mm-hmm. The, um, the person who's being asked to answer on their behalf is feeling valued by the brand, probably going to become a brand ambassador, yeah, increasing yeah. Mm-hmm. their lifetime value probably going to share that with all their social feeds so it's kind of an interesting way to interact with all this content and all this data that that, that you're bringing in um, and it shows you the sort of directions that you can take it in nice so ideally you kind of want to start with a user-generated content strategy but then that evolves almost into a community for your customers and exactly and i think that's where having a solid a solid kind of partner to do this with mm-hmm. and a solid tech stack is really important if you have the essentials i guess and that core foundation to work with you can then take it and, and learn from it as you go and, and, and improve on it so that's i feel like that's a good segue i mean I, I think like we were talking about before we started recording um i think our audience is professionals in the e-com space mm-hmm. i imagine it at sort of scaling um, businesses right so if i were an e-com director i have a site i'm doing a reasonable bit of business online but i really have goals to scale and I know, and I'm forward thinking, and I know, like, we need to get into the social space, into the UGC space. Like, can you, at a, at a hundred thousand foot view, can you talk about what does a roadmap look like for, what should I engage in first? What's most important? What are the basics? That kind of thing. And how would Yapo fit into that? So I think the bread and butter is collecting the content, right? You can't do anything with it unless you have it. What Yapo does, and this is kind of a shameless plug, I guess, the way we built our company from... 10 employees to 300 plus employees over four offices is the way that we collect the content, right? So generally speaking in this industry, uh, it's, it's very, very hard to get people to leave reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, common mistakes that are made are sending an email with a, a link to a landing page. Please click here to leave a review. Okay. You get a lot of drop-off rates. Once you get onto the landing page, having to fill in a, a, you know, a form with all sorts of uh, mandatory questions, yeah. again, drop-off rates happen. So the way we actually um, grew as a company was allowing the customers to do that within the email, right? So we have a, a, a mail after purchase that we send out and it was kind of a pioneering piece of technology when we when we came out with it. So imagine you get pinged with a, an email from the brand 
instead of having to click and go elsewhere, you can just, from your phone, insert your review, insert mm -hmm. the star rating, upload an image all in one place and send it off. Okay. So we have a far higher conversion rate. We have an 8 to 10% conversion rate. So that's the, that's the start of the journey, collecting okay. the content. Once you have that, you need to manage the content and use it intelligently. So what we do is we'll plug all of that content into our marketing engine. We'll then disperse it across all of our clients' marketing channels. We've built in a layer of, uh, of AI this past year. We've invested heavily in our in our R&D department with the only UGC solution with a data science team. And so this AI engine has, has, has primarily been used to automate this process, optimize the process of pushing this content out. And then you want it, you want it to be seen across all your channels. So the very first contact with UGC is, is the Google searches, right? Right. Um, having those star ratings pushed and the number of views pushed to uh, Google seller ratings on the paid ads side of things. You know, a lot of our customers find it hard to, they're spending a lot of money on Google ads, but, but they're, they're not really able to differentiate themselves from their competitors. So this is a great way of doing it. The SEO benefits that come with having all of this content sitting on your site, right? Instead of having marketing and content teams writing blog posts and backlinks and all the black magic tricks that we know, mm -hmm. um, you've got an army of happy customers writing everything you want them to write, shooting your product pages up the Google rankings. So it's, it's all about this holistic kind of approach to it, um, packaging images and, and the very best reviews. So again, our tool can recognize the best reviews with this AI engine and pushing those out into, our, into your social media channels as organic posts or paid ads. And then as the flow, the customer flow goes from new customer acquisition offsite on those, um, on those social or marketing channels, what happens once the customer gets on site, mm -hmm. right? Are you presenting these images of, of, of customer-generated photos in carousels or in galleries on your main URL, driving traffic, new product discovery to these product pages? Once they get on there, increasing conversion rate and engagement rate by presenting this information, social proof to give you as much buying information as possible to make a, a safe and secure decision, I guess, at the end of the day. So it's really from A to Z. If you're working with a good partner, your partner will help you strategize, you know, mm -hmm. great agencies that we work with like Blue Acorn, our customer success managers who help optimize the accounts, talk best practices and, and, and really pinpoint where the key areas are for, for the clients to use UGC. It sounds like it's, you know, we run into this, if, if I can distill what you said, we run into this theme all the time on any topic that we cover. It's like, it's not enough to just bolt a piece of software onto your e-com platform it has to be knitted together. So like collection of the data, like you said, is step one, but then weaving it into your other platforms right. and, and making it all kind of cohere, I guess, is the, is the real, like where you go from, you know, junior varsity to varsity, basically. And that's, that's really where our top clients are, are excelling as opposed to the others, right? Yeah. They get it. They understand that their whole tech stack needs to interact, right? Yeah. So we have a lot of integrations with other partners in the ecosystem, um, other tech partners, meaning that we can kind of create that one story around the brand, have everything on brand, have that customer mm -hmm. journey very obvious and very comfortable and the native feel throughout. And that's key. So, you know, there are, there are the kind of e-com clients that understand this concept and are willing to invest both time and resources into having their tech stack on point and they're ultimately going to profit. Are there verticals that would benefit more than others from UGC, or is it kind of everyone should be using this? 
So from my perspective with Yopo, yes, definitely. Um, but as a, as a kind of broader, broader view, UGC exists in a lot of different verticals that we potentially don't work in. So our, our best fit would be B2C e-commerce. Direct-to-consumer is, is, I think, the top of the, you know, the, top, of the top there. Um, but we see UGC in hospitality. Um, yeah. We actually have some outlier clients, insurance, for example, oh, okay. um, some doctors, surgeons, um, you know, a, a, a few, a few different examples. Um, but classically speaking, anywhere where a product is purchased by, uh, you know, an individual and and they can kind of review it, interact with it, mm-hmm. take photos of themselves with it, mm-hmm. that's really the best case that we see. Yeah, makes sense. Right. So not just necessarily products, but also experiences and. Sure, and that's huge. You know, we'll we'll actually allow customers to review both the product and the the site. So mm-hmm. the company, whether that's your shipping experience, whether that's your um, on-site experience, whatever it may be, and those two different pieces of data serve you know mm-hmm. serve different purposes. Um, and actually, going back to one of your first questions of of how to intelligently use this, I think analyzing the feedback you know when you get negative reviews um and really understanding what your customers customer base is saying about your business model as a whole with those site reviews and your product is a, is a fantastic way of staying ahead of the game and, and making sure you're you know you're at the top yeah i mean it, it totally makes sense i mean I, I i would think i get why the risk is scary for a brand to kind of go open kimono and and potentially but i mean i would think in the long term if they're thinking strategically right you can't be afraid of the truth right mm-hmm. you know so there's the feedback i imagine is valuable not just as an asset to be leveraged and you know we can sort of manipulate how this is viewed because i mean that just would be i think sound but then also like I said it jokingly, but maybe there is a call for somebody to say, like, well, maybe we do need to go back to product and tell people what we're hearing. 100%. You know? and so. And I think burying your head in the sand and, and <laughs> pretending it doesn't exist, you're ultimately going to fail and, yeah, and, right. and crumble, maybe, you know, being caught unawares or, 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 or unprepared. So yeah. it's, always, it's always smart to face your challenges and, and right. get as much information about what you're doing as possible. I think as a consumer, too, you value and trust the brand more when they're showing those negative reviews sure. if i'm looking at a product and there's 300 five-star reviews i'm like all right this isn't necessarily yeah 100 accurate like i know there's at least one person that wasn't happy but right and sometimes that can be valuable as mm-hmm. well seeing what the negative reviewers are saying and understanding if they're kind of like-minded if you trust right exactly you trust what or they're like saying what's the context behind that like oh that like that wouldn't happen that wouldn't be my case or, right yeah. right that's not some mm-hmm. a concern for me i'm you know i'm happy right. to make the purchase especially like like with clothing, for example, if someone's like, oh, this just didn't, this fit me weird, I'm like, great, well, I probably don't have the same body type as you. So. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And actually, we see some of our brands using that specific example mm-hmm. as, as part of their on-site um, service, I guess. So understanding how how the fit is, you know, runs large, runs small, mm-hmm. and actually using Yopo data to give a sizing guide on site. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did that with an implementation here. We had a client. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they make shoes and... We basically, they had that slider. Um, right. And so over time, they're just, you know, they mm-hmm. find out that Model X, you know, runs a bit large kind of thing. And sure. Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine there, like, you can almost directly tie it to some sort of metric about, uh, you know, money saved and return processing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, that's probably, a, you know, in the larger scale, a small benefit, but a benefit nonetheless. Right. Mm-hmm. And interesting you should mention that. This is actually an opportunity that we we saw um, with all of the data that we're collecting. So we had, we had some feedback saying, 
reviews are an awesome, awesome source of feedback and understanding where we're going right or wrong. But analyzing thousands of reviews is very, very difficult. We'll put yeah. together teams and they can't handle the load and there's new content coming in all the time. So we created a, a, a BI tool to sort of sift through all these reviews and pick out topics that are being spoken about give you an idea of how positively being spoken about, how negatively and, and where you lie with the industry mm -hmm. um, benchmark. And we saw some very interesting cases come up from this. So one example, I, I won't spend too long on this, but one example was a mattress client of ours. And the word smell kept coming up in a very negative context. <laughs> smell <laughs> isn't a word you'd think would come up. We don't decide the topics. The, yeah, the yeah. customers are deciding the topics. And we're able to actually um, sort of break down the feedback according to a few different parameters. One of them is time. So we, we checked uh, and found that the sentiment had started two weeks prior to the client figuring this out and, and noticing it. So we asked them what had changed in that two-week period, and it was actually a decision to change shipping containers. Oh, uh, a okay. shipping yeah, company, yeah. sorry, shipping company that they were using. So they went down to the docks, had a look around the shipping containers, and, and smelt a very strong chemical smell. They found there was containers. raw fish Just in the raw container fish before. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so they they opened a sushi restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, so a really strong chemical smell. They yeah. actually changed shipping container companies oh, wow. and saw this negative sentiment disappear. Wow. Yeah. Right. So using customer feedback can actually give you huge insights into your entire business yeah. and just not just your your online marketing strategies i guess that's yeah that's really interesting is there somebody that comes to mind a client of yapos that's really doing this that that's doing ugc at a high level that is knitting this all together just kind of a case study that you could sort of outline for us as a, a shining example there are quite a few that come to mind i think brooklinen is quite a nice one so Brooklinen has actually started using our reviews throughout their, their marketing campaign, both offline and online. If you walk through um, New York subways, you'll actually see, I can't remember what the number is, but it's like a quarter of a million five-star reviews or whatever it is. Oh, wow. Um, on, their, on their subway billboards, they'll actually have really funny reviews that they're using. Like, I slept so well, my house burnt down and I almost died. You know, stuff, <laughs> stuff like this, which yeah, people yeah. are genuinely writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's a really cool and refreshing, fun way of using reviews, good reviews, sure, um, sure. As, you know, as part of your marketing strategy. Okay, yeah. Awesome. Is there one, like, what's the biggest mistake a brand can make in their UGC strategy? Wow. Um, so many mistakes. I think trying to perhaps be overbearingly controlling. So like we mentioned, really moderating every single thing that goes on site and taking away the authenticity of the UGC that's being presented uh, yeah. is a mistake. Likewise, I think letting go of the reins and just allowing UGC to flow freely and, and not having a, a thought process behind it and a strategy uh, is also an error. But yeah, when used effectively, you know, I mentioned reviews and images alongside uh, each other. A sort of stat that I like to that I like to use when talking about this is that 85% of online consumers today look for some form of user-generated content or social okay. proof before making a purchase, right? Yeah. When I visit the States, I don't go and drink a coffee shop without seeing a, a few reviews that it's a decent right. place. So of those 85%, 77% are looking for some sort of imagery to back up what they're reading. Okay. And so some of our clients that use this effectively and, and present carousel galleries on product pages um take vanity planet for example when they when they took yopo on and started using our visual suite they had a 24 percent increase in online checkouts oh wow it's very effective it, it's what people are looking for yeah um, yeah mm -hmm. and it gives them just that confidence to make a purchase at the end of the day 
Well, thank you, Ben, for Great. joining us today. Thanks so much, guys. Um, yeah. For those of you listening, you can listen to all the Funnels episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you're looking for ways to improve your existing e-commerce site or considering a new e-commerce platform, please feel free to reach out to us. Our email is info at blueacorn.com or you can call 843-793-5641. Thanks. Thanks.